Welcome to the EHL Alumni Network podcast. I'm your host, Caroline. In this exciting series, we'll dive deep into the journeys of EHL alumni who embarked on a bachelor's adventure at EHL and then pursued master's degrees across the globe. Today, we welcome Guillaume Foussier to the podcast. After graduating from EHL in 2013, Guillaume pursued a master's in finance at Harvard University in the US. Since then, he's worked in social impact investment and financial analysis before founding the startup platform ASAP, which provides human-centered leadership coaching for individuals and teams. Welcome to the podcast, Guillaume. How are you today? I'm great, Caroline. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So let's start um, by you telling us briefly what your master's involved. Yes, of course, I did a master in liberal arts uh, in management with a major in finance and a minor in organizational behavior, the subject matter expertise that now I am uh, uh, working as a professional. Okay. And um, I know that you became interested specifically in finance during your time at EHL. Um, can you tell us how that came about? Was, was was that interest a surprise to you or something that you'd always had? No, it was not something I, I uh, an interest I always had. Uh, I uh, think it was for me more a, a challenge to decide to choose this as a concentration uh, during my bachelorette at, at EHL. I guess I was... Uh, um, Curious intellectually to be able to develop my technical and analytical expertise uh, in this subject matter. And I think I've had the chance to have really very interesting uh, teacher at EHL that gave me the interest and the passion to learn more. Uh, so it came as a surprise, but it actually, EHL in that regard, really helped me shape what uh, have been the next few years of my professional life. Uh, when I graduated. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? How exactly um, did this specific teacher and, and EHL in general foster this interest? Yes, I. Um, uh, if I recall, first of all, we had uh, uh, the choice between uh, three types of concentration, marketing, entrepreneurship and finance. Uh, I speak from recollection because it has already been 10 years, right? And um, entrepreneurship back, back then... Uh, was not very some not very tangible to me, I guess. Um, and actually, I had done an internship in marketing, but I guess I wanted to try something new, try something new uh, before really uh, committing to a specific career path. Uh, my apologies because I don't remember the name of all the professors that I had then, but I know that many of them from. Uh, uh, real estate investments to uh, corporate finance uh, really gave us the, the interest in understanding the financial side of, of businesses. And what I also realized early on uh, in my uh, track at EHL, I had the chance before joining EHL to work at Park Hyatt in, uh, in Paris, Vendôme. And it was really obvious to me then that most of the hotel chain in the world were essentially owned by a large asset management firm from uh, Blackstone to uh, uh, to uh, the financial firm of Stéphane Bazin, who then uh, took ownership when I was at EHL of the Accor Group. 
So it became obvious to me that even if I wanted to stay within the realm of hospitality management, it was really important to know uh, uh, more uh, and be more literate about about finance. So uh, I, I guess EHL really and hospitality management d- developed my initial curiosity to learn more about finance. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And after graduation, you did an internship at uh, Ralph Lauren, that was marketing, wasn't it? And then you went on to do another internship in, in finance in London. And did that really um, consolidate your desire to apply to the, the Harvard Masters? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, when I was uh, uh, at EHL, my, my second internship uh, that, as you just said, I did at uh, uh, Ralph Lauren and in uh, the marketing department of Ralph Lauren, so in the uh, back office side, I was, um, you know, uh, in this incredible building on New Bond Street. Um, and it was maybe the first time uh, during that internship that I really were surrounded by high-profile individuals who had done uh, remarkable uh, academic uh, achievements and um, uh, who had already had quite remarkable careers. And I, I noticed that many of them uh, started from finance, uh, from a background in accounting or uh, as a financial analyst. And so it appeared to me, uh, without knowing more about the industry, that it was uh, probably an interesting way to build um, critical skills um, that you could then uh, leverage and, and, and uh, uh, value in, in, in your career. And so, yes, when I got back to EHL, I decided, inspired also from my learning uh, uh, from this internship to learn more about finance. And after my concentration in finance in the last year of my bachelor, I then decided to get back to London uh, and to work as a financial analyst for an asset management firm called Raymond James. And so, yes, this was my first uh, really concrete, tangible uh, experience working in a company that was uh, uh, fully dedicated to asset management and investment banking. And then you applied to Harvard. I imagine, I mean, Harvard has such a reputation. I imagine that was quite a daunting, you know, that's a big step applying to Harvard. But do you think that your experience at EHL helped with that application, both in terms of the reputation of the school, but also in terms of the skills, the soft skills that you, you had from your time at EHL in terms of presentation, confidence, that kind of thing? Yeah, I would say I would say yes and no. Yes, because what um, is absolutely remarkable in the education that we have at EHL, as you said, is the ability to uh, really work on your communication and presentation skills. Something that is uh, absolutely paramount in um, Anglo-Saxon and American higher education. EHL was also the first time in my academic journey that I was surrounded by a highly international, diverse uh, environment of uh, students. So it gave me a lot of skills and also curiosity to continue to study overseas and, and I would say, um, learn from, uh, from the world. And I would say no in the sense that I, I didn't really found when I was at EHL an ecosystem that helped me really think critically about a master education. And I guess that's also why we're here today, so that we can better share this experience with uh, the HL community. 
and DHL students. And it was quite complicated to learn uh, on my own what are the paths, uh, the different paths you can pursue to from a, a bachelor in Europe be able to apply to an American university. Uh, but I would say with no doubt what EHL gave me the confidence to do is um, being able to pursue higher education in English, uh, which is obviously not my mother tongue. And I am I'm, I'm pretty sure that I would not have tried to go down that path if I hadn't had the experience I had at uh, EHL. Right. So it, it opened up a world. You just perhaps needed a little bit more um, advice as to how to reach those further opportunities. Um, exactly. But in yeah. terms of when you were actually at Harvard pursuing your, your master's, um, did you find the course challenging? And do you think that your bachelor's education had prepared you for those challenges? Yes, definitely. What what EHL prepared me to, and, um, you know, during a, a BSc2 back in the days, there was a finance module that was known to be uh, highly challenging uh, and that required a real uh, discipline to be able to to graduate um, uh, uh, successfully from. And then in, in BSc3, I, I did the specialization in finance. And I remember working uh, really hard because I wanted to uh, prove myself. And also coming back from this uh, internship I did in London, where I was surrounded by people who had done so prestigious uh, uh, academic journey and, and uh, who came from highly uh, prestigious universities, it was important for me to um, uh, uh, prove myself academically. And, and it was a moment in my journey where I, I felt that need. And with no doubt, I, I think EHL helped me develop a confidence uh, through this journey in being able to really invest myself academically and succeed. Fantastic. Following your master's, well, I'm probably skipping ahead a little bit here, but um, you know, you are now CEO of your own company, um, ASAP. Uh, is that something you always knew that you wanted to do, that you wanted to start your own business? No, no, no. Uh, I, I, even the path to entrepreneurship was very uh, uh, blurry to me, so to speak. Um, it was not very obvious uh, what would lead me to uh, the path of entrepreneurship. But, you know, I guess there is also something in life that we call serendipity and sometimes a, a succession of experiences lead you quite surprisingly to a path you wouldn't have uh, expected. And in my case, it started in finance, as you said earlier. And uh, after some time in my role as a financial analyst in London, I could see that I didn't really want to project myself in this uh, career. There was a lack of, of meaning and and. I couldn't really foresee myself spending decades in, in such a career path. And I met a, a quite a fortunate encounter with someone who became a friend who at the time was working at the Clinton Foundation. And I decided to apply to join the business branch of the Clinton Foundation, which was called back in the days CGI, the Clinton Global Initiative, in their Department of Social Impact Investment. And this was a way for me to use uh, the skill that I started to, to develop uh, in my young career and do something that was really meaningful to me, which was uh, mm. related to the democratization of education and essentially how we, we were securing sponsorship uh, from companies and, and, and even uh, 
NGOs uh, to fund humanitarian initiatives around education to empower underserved communities. And it was really a, a very exciting moment for me where I could witness uh, very tangibly the impact that we had on, on individuals, uh, on communities, uh, on their lives and, and careers. And part of the solution that we're bringing to, to many was coaching. And coaching was something uh, pretty abstract to me at the time, I have to say. I was kind of skeptical uh, about what it was. Um, but I, I started to be more uh, uh, open-minded when I heard at the Clinton Foundation uh, starting with Bill Clinton, actually, the the stories of so many who had been profoundly impacted by by coaching, and uh, it was at a time, you know, uh, coming to the U.S., maybe having some imposter syndrome, uh, being in a really nice tower in the middle of uh, Midtown Manhattan, where I could see the Clintons or Boris Johnson or a lot of uh, international leaders coming uh, uh, back and forth to, to the office building. Sometimes I felt uh, uh, a bit overwhelmed by this uh, incredible environment. And um, in order to work on my own confidence, leadership, communication skills, I decided to give it a try. And back in the days, especially uh, 2015, uh, coaching was a very uh, opaque uh, industry um, it was essentially a, a privileged few at the very top of organization who could uh, uh, afford uh, this type of, of services. Um, so it took me a, a while and some uh, weird Google search uh, to find a coach. And um, after a few tries, I ended up finding someone I really wanted to, to work with. And long story short, it was a life-changing experience for me really a life-changing experience in so many ways. And so then started this idea and kind of an obsession of, you know, how we could leverage technology to make it more accessible, transparent, and also affordable to all so that we could really help people at any level of their career and people from any background mm -hmm. have access to a solution that could profoundly That's empower themselves to, to thrive in their life and career. Well, that's that's really interesting. Um I somehow would have expected that your interest in leadership perhaps would have come more from your educational pathway, but the fact that it came from your own needs and your your own experience of um, coaching is is really interesting. Um, but do you think that that your experience at Harvard and also at EHL, um, you know, obviously these things have fed into what you're doing now. Um, your finance experience must be incredibly useful for running a company. So do you feel like everything, you know, you mentioned serendipity. Do you think that all these things have sort of just come together to create this project that you're working on now? Yes, with no doubt, because, you know, uh, an absolutely essential leadership threat that uh, I was really able to to develop and, and cultivate at uh, EHL was uh, the desire to serve others. Um, and you know, in uh, many ways, we talk about uh, some aspects of modern leadership as a servant leadership and how we can indeed be of service uh, to those we lead. And um, this incredible threats that EHL students have and cultivate at EHL uh, to engage, communicate, uh, build relationship with others, 
uh, is with absolutely no doubt something that profoundly influenced my my journey. And um, then the path to social impact investment was to some extent uh, an extension uh, of that journey to also serve people who needed uh, to be supported in their own education. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, when I was at Harvard, uh, I, I, I was able to do this major in, in finance uh, because at this point in time, it had become my uh, comfort zone, so to speak. Uh, but I also did a minor <clears throat> in organizational behavior, which was the first time I, I started to really develop this subject matter expertise, that is organizational development, uh, leadership developments, uh, neuroscience, uh, behavioral change, and really understanding indeed the, the science behind uh, how do we help an organization uh, develop a set of values, leadership principles, and behaviors that can help people uh, come together and work in a way uh, that will uh, uh, drive them to serve a common mission, common cause, um, in a way that drives connection, collaboration, innovation at all level of the organization. Yes, I would say, as you said, it's absolutely uh, you know, the aggregate of all these experiences from EHL, from Harvard, uh, that came together um, to serve a purpose that was very meaningful to me. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really interesting and a really worthwhile thing to do. Speaking of people, which clearly is, you know, um, central to, to what you're doing, uh, do you think that the alumni networks, uh, both at EHL and at Harvard, have helped you in any way in your career to date? Yes, Yes, very, uh, very much so. You know, first of all, uh, the reason I was able to get uh, this incredible internship uh, at Ralph Lauren as a marketing analyst was thanks to uh, an EHL uh, student who had done an internship there and who um, introduced me uh, uh, very positively uh, to that opportunity. In that regard, you know, um, even during my, my, my EHL education, the EHL network, was foundational to the career path I was able to, to build for myself. Um, but I would say beyond that, throughout my, my career, I have uh, met many times uh, EHL alumni along my, uh, my road. And, um, you know, in a very pragmatic way, um, we, we actually heavily focus in our industry on the hospitality industry, where it's, of course, paramount for uh, middle managers and executives to develop uh, very critical uh, leadership and management competencies. So even today, I continue to be attached in many ways to that industry and and that Mm -hmm. community. That's great. Um, And now just lastly, um, and I guess we'll have to be brief because we're running out of time, sadly. Um, But if you had one top tip to give EHL students uh, who may be considering the masters that you did, what, what would you say to them? I think what is important is to get out of your comfort zone, uh, try new things, uh, you will probably fail. And, and that's okay. That's part of the journey. But it's really important at that time to uh, take actions and and um, uh, try to be bold also in some of the challenges you want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, give to yourself and try to overcome. Because uh, as we were talking about serendipity earlier in that call, it's really through these experiences 
that you're going to shape a conviction of what is the right fit for you and what is actually giving you meaning on purpose. So mm-hmm. just keep trying and, and, and just keep failing. And um, what you really are meant to do with your life will become uh, obvious along the way. Great. <laughs> um, right. So I just have a few, uh, just to finish, some quick quick fire questions. Um, so um, just in one short sentence, what would you say is the best thing about studying at EHL? The community. Fantastic. You told me one sentence. I said one word. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> and okay, I'm going to give you three words now. What three words would describe the experience of your master's at Harvard? Life-changing, profoundly inspiring, and um, kind of a a dream. (laughs) Perfect. And lastly, what's your biggest wish for your career now? Well, it might sound a bit cheesy, but I profoundly believe that um, what I wish the most for my career moving forward is to be able to impact positively uh, the lives and the careers of many. Fantastic. That's a great thing to wish. Uh, Well, thank you very much, Guillaume. Um, It's been great to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us. And thanks to everyone for listening. Join us again next time for more stories from EHL alumni who have embarked on master's degrees across the world. Until then, goodbye.